Next on BYU Sports Nation, nostalgia inspired by the Masters, a blue goggle tradition unlike any other. What's the most nostalgic moment in BYU history? With the NFL draft set for this month, NFL agent Evan Brennan stops by Studio B. What's the buzz surrounding former BYU lineman and his client, Andrew Eide? Plus, conference realignment in college hoops. It's game day for two ranked BYU teams and a grand slam for BYU baseball. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. You gotta get your groove on before you go get paid. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play from Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, April 7th, wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with 1980s sitcom expert Jason Shepard. Look, Spencer, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. Ah, well played, my friend. Yes. Well played. 1980s TV crush. Go. Well, the first person that comes to mind is Alyssa Milano. Samantha Maselli. Yeah, Samantha Maselli from Who's the Boss. Did you know? That the Little Mermaid, the actual like like uh, drawing of her, based on Alyssa Milano. Stop it! I'm not kidding. I'm not making. The, if I'm going to make something up, why would it be that? Really? Yes, that's true. How did you learn that? I have way too much stupid, <laughs> useless knowledge in my head. Okay, Alyssa Milano. Yeah, what yeah. about What about Punky Brewster? Ah, Soleil Moonfry. <laughs> 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 no, I, I love that you know her real. No, no, no. no. Like, I didn't have a crush on her, you know. Then, okay. I think I probably had a crush on her later. Like, remember when she uh, guest starred on like Friends? You remember? I do. She dated Joey, yeah. I believe. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, at the, it like during her Punky Brewster years, probably not. Not great. Okay, Elizabeth Shue from Karate Kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Allie with an eye. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this is right down your wheelhouse. I'm throwing fastballs at Jason right. Shepard, and he's hitting home runs. Okay, uh, Mia Sarah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off heartthrob. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was, yeah, of course. And it's an iconic movie. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I would, I would 80s. Where is this coming from, by the way? Like, what? I just I had this random thought pop into my head this oh, morning. Oh, you mean like, like would I, you rather fly or have a real lightsaber yes, like I had exactly. earlier? Yeah, that, that conversation took place. Oh, my goodness. No, whenever you're in, I'm like, okay, it's time that we discuss the 80s or early 90s because that's our connection, that is, man. Yes, yes. That is our connection. <laughs> So who was yours, by the way? Oh, I See, Alyssa know. Milano is the first one that came to mind. Yeah, because I watched Who's the Boss, and people out there are like, that don't know Who's the Boss, and Tony Maselli, and, you know, all of that. And Angela and Mona. Treat yourself! <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> that show, that show was fantastic. Mona! <laughs> uh, I love it so much. Okay, yeah, I, I don't know. Alyssa Milano was there, but I... Probably Elizabeth Shue from The Karate Kid. Like, I wanted to be the hero, right? Yeah. I wanted to you be wanted the hero. You wanted to be hero. Daniel's son. Yes. I wanted to be him. I wanted to get the pretty girl at the end after I won the like the greatest karate tournament of all time. You wanted the glory of love, <laughs> even though that was the second Peter movie. Satera, a Peter Satara song. Come on. <laughs> even though it was, it was number two, which she was not in, which was a little disappointing that she wasn't in that one. It is a, is it a Chicago song or a Peter Satara? No, Cetera it's Peter Satara's solo album. Okay. Oh, you oh, know yeah. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that song. 
Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Here are your headlines. <laughs> I don't even know why. The last two minutes of this show, I have no idea why it, it existed. I really don't. Third-ranked BYU men's volleyball beat Santa Barbara in four sets after dropping set one. Jake Langley has led the Cougars with 13 kills. He hit 500 and had three aces. BYU plays a second match with Santa Barbara tonight, beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. BYU baseball wins at Pacific 6 to nothing, led by a grand slam home run from catcher Bronson Larson in the fifth inning. Larson now leads the team with six home runs on the season. Maverick Buffo got the win, and by the way, is the subject of our very early stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Maverick Buffo pitched a shutout eight and a third innings yesterday in the victory. Mm-hmm. And by the way, eight and a third innings is the most innings that Maverick has pitched in a game in his BYU career. Last year against St. Louis, pitched eight innings. So eight and a third is a career high in a game for Maverick. Nicely done, Mav. The yes. Batcats back to work against Pacific tonight at 9 Eastern. Tomorrow at 4 Eastern on BYU Radio. By the way, you win every 80s trivia game, don't you? <laughs> For the most part. Yeah. 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 You're that guy. Yeah. Pretty cool stuff. I didn't have a life. I watched a lot of TV. <laughs> 22nd ranked BYU softball plays in Los Angeles against LMU today at 5 Eastern. The Cougars, 24 wins and 10 losses on the season. They have three wins over top 15 teams. They'll also play a doubleheader with LMU tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. And at the Masters, Daniel Summerhays currently one over par for the day through three and three over par for the tournament. Mike Weir tied for 51st. He is at four over par. We are the 2003 Masters champion and alumnus of BYU. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. A blue-goggled tradition unlike any other. Blue-goggle alert. This week is Masters Week, the most decorated, celebrated, exclusive golf tournament in the world. Tickets are out of this world expensive. Access to the course is understandably limited. And there is a tradition-laden through that tournament as thick as the trees that keep Augusta National from the outside world. You might absolutely hate golf in general and have zero desire to play it or even watch it, but let's respect the tradition and the nostalgia that the Masters brings to sports. I know you're not a golf fan. I'm not a a golf guy, but it's still the Masters. If there were an opportunity to go to the Masters, even for a non-golf fan— you you've got to go. You it's go. the Masters. Yes, the green jacket. It's like it's like Wimbledon. You know, you may not be a tennis fan, but to say you've gone to Wimbledon, you go. You go. The most pristine golf course in the country. Epic history with unforgettable meltdowns and magical endings. The theme music involved. The nicknamed holes like Amen Corner. The caddies in all white. It's loaded with tradition and nostalgia. And that prompted our trending conversation today. The power of BYU Sports Nation is greatly fueled by those two things. Nostalgia and tradition, right? Absolutely. Jason, give the people the Twitter question. What is your most nostalgic moment as a BYU fan? Oh, this is going to be good. Oh, yeah. Our, our first tweet comes in from uh, RGE LDR. Yes. 
My dad got tickets to the 1996 Pigskin Classic. That was an awesome game. BYU defeats Texas A&M 41-37 behind Steve Sarkeesian and his crazy day through the air hooking up with K.O. Kalalui for that game-winning touchdown. Yeah, and then a huge INT uh, in the game as well. Man, there are so many... Good moments coming in. And what I like about this question is everybody has a different emotional tie to this specific event that they are presenting. Yeah, I mean, and we kind of looked at this as this is something that you had to have experienced. You know what I mean? And I was eight years old in 1984, okay? I was eight years old for the national championship game. So I don't have actual memories of BYU winning the national championship championship all my memories are highlights later in life so for me something that I experienced there will always be one moment in BYU history that will stand out above every other okay and let me take you back Spencer Mm. 11 years yes the year 2006 Ah, okay the city Salt Lake City the venue Ricicle Stadium (laughs) that's right back to Harleen that is without question my most nostalgic BYU moment. I was on the sidelines right next to BYU as it all went down. I will never forget that fall afternoon at Rice-Eccles Stadium. And what I will remember most beyond just what obviously what happened is we know that John Beck was scrambling for quite a while. And so while I was on the I was right there like on the 20-yard line where he was as he was scrambling. And so my view was completely focused on John Beck. I was watching him scramble and running. So when he threw it, I had no clue what was on the other end of that. Sure, yeah, the angle. So when I turned to see that Johnny Harling was wide open, it, it was the greatest BYU moment for me personally. Mm. For me, that's it. That's the greatest sporting event I've ever attended live and like you. I was on the sideline standing next to Jerem Jordan on the five-yard line, and that's unforgettable. But in terms of like nostalgia and emotions and the thing that really just hits home with me, like an emotional, a super emotional moment, it's got to be that 2000 game BYU at Utah six years previous to what Jason just talked about. Lavelle's Last Miracle. They made a DVD about the game for crying out loud, and rightly so. BYU was starting the third-string quarterback, Brandon Doman. Neither team was going to a bowl game, so the rivalry then became the bowl game for the Utes and Cougars. Lavelle Edwards' final game as head coach after a remarkable career between 72 and 2000, I literally prayed. <laughs> That BYU would win this game. I'm not joking. Like I had that's dangerous actual stuff. Prayers, dangerous stuff. Because that stuff can backfire on you. <laughs> <laughs> he was in danger, and I, by he I mean Lavelle Edwards of his first losing season since his inaugural campaign in 1972. I mean, to this day, I believe that that game. I'm not joking. Was a tender mercy granted <laughs> to Lavelle Edwards and BYU. I 100. percent believe that God doesn't care who wins the game. I believe he cares about the individuals. And in my storybook ending for this specific game, however, there was just, it just had to be this way. 
It had to finish with a BYU win. Here, the bell. here like I, I'm not going to argue with you on how epic that was. What makes that memory, because I thought about that one as well, and I'll tell you why. Not only because of the moment and what it meant for Lavelle in his final game and beating Utah, but where I was. And we were talking about with the Beck to Harleen, you know, we're both on the sidelines. You guys at the five, I was, you know, 15 20, right next to, to the BYU sideline. For that game, the miracle for Lavelle, I was on the goal line. I was right by the pylon. Oh. So I, I saw Doman as he reached across for that touchdown. I literally was five yards away from it. Right in front of the BYU fans. Yes. Got up, pointed to him. And I wasn't at that game. I was in my basement of my parents' home. <laughs> I was a few months away from going on my two-year LDS mission And trip. apparently praying a lot. And saying serious <laughs> prayers. I, I cried. I got emotional when that happened because I was so relieved and happy for Lavelle Edwards. Fourth and 13 involved in that game. Brandon Doman finds Jonathan Pittman, Pittman. And then the very next play finds Pittman again deep down the field. Well, and I also remember just how tore up that field was. Mm. It was an absolute mess. They were They had... They had taken that turf and just completely destroyed it. You want to talk about a nostalgic, emotional moment? Kalani Satake, as a senior, embracing Lavelle Edwards on the sideline at Rice-Eccles Stadium yep. after that game. How many times have we all seen that since Kalani was hired? Yeah, how appropriate was that? At BYU. I, by far, the most nostalgic moment for me in BYU history was that game. Not, a, not the most exciting win, the greatest win, but certainly the most emotional and satisfying because it was the great Lavelle Edwards' final victory. Oh, can't go wrong with that. It just was, it still to this day gives me chills. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What is your most nostalgic moment as a BYU fan? Let's get some tweets in. Tweet, tweet. At H. Collier 88 tweets in, my most nostalgic moment has to be the 1997 Cotton Bowl, January 1st, 97. The KO punch from Sarkeesian and the interception by Omar Morgan at the end. That was also unbelievable. And one of the great memories I have watching BYU football in my parents' home. <laughs> I was not in Dallas, Base- Texas. In the basement? In the basement. In the basement. Oh, that, New Year's Day 97 was... <laughs> So awesome. Oh, man. Uh, at that Wiley Guy 91, Kalani Sataki's first speech at the BYU basketball game last year, I have, I've never heard it louder, may have cried. Wow. Hey. Emotions running high. Coming up, the NFL agent for former BYU offensive lineman Andrew Idy. His name is Evan Brennan. He'll join us to tell us what in the world his life is like as they prepare for the draft. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. 
And when you join the conversation, use the hashtag BYUSN. Batcats in Stockton, California, taking on Pacific tonight. Game two, Cougars won the first game yesterday. The Tigers and Cougars, 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. Our Twitter question today, what is your most nostalgic moment as a BYU fan? At Russ Melrose says, after the 1979 Holiday Bowl, Lavelle Edwards putting his arm around Brett Johnson, who just missed a game-winning field goal that would have given BYU a 12-0 season. The Cougars lost to Lee Corso and Indiana with Mark Wilson as the quarterback and finished 11-1. Which mascot head did uh, Lee have on for that game? Uh, do, do the Hoosiers have a mascot head? <laughs> I, don't I really don't know. I don't Does know. Indiana have a like mascot head? I, I don't know. <laughs> the, it's like a UI thing. I, I don't know. I don't know Somebody help us out. We're we're struggling. The with control our room is scrambling right now. Uh, uh, Google, they have Google it. Google it. Joining us now in Studio B is a player agent at Three Sixty Sports, Evan Brennan, who is, I mean, between. The end of the college football season and leading up to the draft is a ridiculously busy guy who doesn't get much sleep, probably has like seven <laughs> mobile phones. But Evan, well, thanks for taking some time to come and talk to us about the, the lead up to the NFL draft. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks so much. You know, that brings up a good point. How many cell phones do you have? Uh, too many. <laughs> too many. <laughs> Got to keep track of them all. That's unbelievable. You're representing Andrew Idy. Obviously, BYU fans are interested in their BYU guys. He has transformed his body. He's getting a lot of interest uh, from NFL teams. What do, you, what do you like most about Andrew Eide as your client? What can he bring to an NFL team? Uh, he gets it. Uh, mindset's a huge deal when I represent NFL players. Do they have an NFL mindset? Are they ready to go take somebody else's job? As you know, NFL teams are going to bring 90 guys into camp, but only 53 are going to make an active roster with an additional about 10 guys that will make a practice squad. And so how I coach my players, how I mentor my players is, look, this is an opportunity for you. You're going to go to an NFL camp. If you can't beat out the guy next to you, you're going to be on that next plane home. But if you can, you can make a lot of money and make a career out of it. Is there a specific position that a lot of teams have kind of zeroed in on Andrew for? I mean, because I know he played guard at BYU, but I, I know he, he played could, every position. Yeah, yeah he played every, he played line, every position. So, I mean, have they, have they kind of focused in on one specifically for him? Well, he played left tackle at BYU, and that means he's got great feet, and he can move. And obviously at Pro Day, he showed he's got a little bit of athletic ability. But where they really like Andrew is both at the guard and center position. The idea that he could come in, if a guy goes down on the interior of the offensive line, take over at left guard, right guard, or even at center and snap the ball is a tremendous asset that he has. What is your job like right now preparing for the NFL draft? Uh, I'm kind of the intermediary. I've got a lot of teams calling, asking about players, if they're healthy, what's going on with them. I'm setting up workouts. I'm setting up visits. I'm communicating with my players, what the NFL teams are telling me, vis-a-vis what they need to be working on, vis-a-vis what their draft stock is. So it's a lot of communication back and forth, back and forth, a lot of logistics. How, how do you weigh what you think teams want you to hear? or like tell, how, how do you weed through the... I'm trying to think of the right word, uh, the nonsense that gets spread around this time of year. Well, there's a lot of that. Teams are, are really, really secretive. These are essentially trade secrets, if we're to talk legally about uh, what they're doing uh, with their grades on players. And so you kind of got to read the tea leaves. You learn to trust certain people. You learn not to trust certain people. You learn that certain things don't mean exactly what they are. They mean something else. And you kind of develop this kind of coded language, as it were, as to what your player is probably going to do in the draft and what he's not going to do in the draft. How do you keep guys optimistic and positive on draft day when 
the rounds start to drag on, and they're anticipating, like, I don't know, because three or four experts said, you're a fifth-round draft grade or a sixth-round draft grade or even a seventh, and then their name's not called. What, what do you say to them in those moments? I say you're going to get an opportunity. It doesn't matter if you're drafted in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. It doesn't matter if you go undrafted. All those guys have to make a team. We know that you're going to get an opportunity. Um, it just should make you that much hungrier to go and seize that opportunity, wherever it may be. I have to imagine that one of the tricky things, and we were talking about how you weed through the nonsense from, from NFL personnel and whatnot, but when you go out to sign a player, how do you manage telling them what they want to hear versus what they need to hear? It's a balance. Um, you want to be optimistic. You want to show faith in them. You want to show that th- this is kind of a range of what can happen. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to fill their mind up with garbage. And so there's, there's got to be kind of a basis in reality, maybe a stretch to, hey, if this happens, this happens, this can happen. And then, but this is kind of what teams are saying. It's up to you to make that even better. You're in a job that a lot of people, I would imagine, are like, yeah, that'd be a cool job to have. How do you get into this line of work? It's a wild, wild deal. Um, there's a lot of talent you got to have. I went to law school, um, and so that's probably one of the prerequisites for the most part. It's having connections. Um, you know, I, I knew a lot of people when I went to BYU years ago uh, that I ran across paths with that really helped me get in. And you got to be able to sell. You got to be able to be a good salesman. If you have those kind of connections, those kind of skills, you got a real shot, and you've got to have a real passion for helping kids make it in the league. Pro Day is always a fun day for obviously those participating, but football fans in general. And, and I've had the opportunity to go to several of BYU's Pro Days. You were raving uh, after BYU's Pro Day a week or two ago just about how well it was run and how it was really second to none. I've not been to other Pro Days. Where does BYU stack up in terms of that, and why were you so impressed with what you saw? Well, I was echoing what a scout was telling me. I was standing next to a scout, and he was telling me, hey, Evan, this is one of the best projects in the country, if not the best. Um, they do a lot of things. I mean, I walked in. They got a nice spread, things to eat. They're treating the scouts right. <laughs> They've got uh, the way they set up the entire event process with those big, big signs. They've got a big, giant kind of jumbotron feature where you can see the events. They have all the displays of what guys are running. And, in fact, they were actually getting those numbers from pro personnel. That wasn't some guy, BYU guy with a clock. They were asking a scout for those numbers. Um, I've been to dozens and dozens, if not 50 or so pro days in my career doing this. I've never seen anything like that, and most scouts haven't either. Evan Brennan, player agent at 360 Sports, with us on BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. When you sign on to represent a player, what is the first thing you do with that person? Uh, it's, we kind of have a moment where we kind of sit down and, and have a reality check. Um, all the sales is over, and we begin the process, and I say, hey, I've been talking with NFL teams, and this is what we got to do. Let's set goals. What do we want to accomplish? And I give the player an opportunity to kind of set the goals he wants to accomplish. And then that kind of sets the entire page of how I'm going to represent him and help him accomplish those goals. In terms of, of Andrew specifically, what was that conversation like with him? And, and what was the plan that you two set forth? So we sat down. Uh, I remember doing it right there in San Diego, right there in a hotel down there in San Diego. We had this discussion, and I said, look, you're going to need to shock some people. You're a guy that was a grad transfer from an FCS school. Um, NFL scouts are telling me that you can play but you're going to have to really make some believers out of non-believers. And how you're going to do that is really showing up on pro day and putting up some great numbers and showing that you can play multiple positions on the offensive line. And those were our goals. What did he do for himself at BYU's pro day? He showed a lot of things. Actually, we filmed him snapping um, at BYU's pro day, and I sent that out to NFL teams, and I've been getting a ton of phone calls since. That in and of itself, and I've told Andrew this, is probably the most important thing he did, is showed that he could snap the ball efficiently. 
because teams don't see a lot of guys that are intelligent enough to play center, athletic enough to play guard, and can do a lot of things. That's huge. Obviously, the goal for everybody that gets into the NFL draft is to be drafted. I mean, that's, that's what everybody wants. We obviously know that a major part of the draft is free agent signings. Mm-hmm. How early is the groundwork for some of that laid? Very early on. I mean, teams are communicating now, hey, we really like your guy, Evan. We really like this guy. And, I, and my you know, communication back is, well, are you going to draft him? Are you going to draft him? And they kind of give you this, mm, which tells me sixth, seventh priority free agent. And the draft itself will take on a life of its own. And if certain cards fall your way, certain guys come off the board early, your guy's going to get drafted. Certain cards don't ha- fall your way, he's going to go priority free agent. So you prep your client. You try to do some kind of some interesting leverage moves to kind of help your client along that process with the teams. Try to see if you can't poke him into the sixth or seventh round, but you prepare him either way. What are your emotions like during that three-day period of the NFL draft between Thursday and Saturday? Uh, it's, it's changed. Um, I'm a lot more even keeled than probably I used to be because I just more and more years and years of experience in doing this, I've kind of seen everything. Um, but really it's keep my client level headed. You've, um, if you go undrafted, you've literally got seconds to make a decision that could shape your entire NFL career. And your client is really, really relying on you to help make that decision. And so if you're flustered, if you're in an emotional state, you can't make a quality business decision, even with all those numbers and analytics laid out. So the number one goal for me, remain calm, remain business savvy, and you'll help your clients make a better business decision. How is BYU, the football program, and the product that comes out of BYU, how is that viewed in the NFL? Uh, it's, it's kind of fluctuated a little bit. I think right now they're, they're getting back where they need to be. Uh, High-quality kids, good athletes, teams don't really have to question their character. You actually see probably less private visits or questions at the Combine because BYU character is so high with, among players. Um, there probably was a couple of years where teams questioned how much they wanted to really, really excel at the highest level. And I think that the new coaching staff's gone a long way in showing that uh, the kids that come to BYU, they're not making any sacrifices by desiring to play in the NFL. What is it like for you to watch one of your clients reach their goals? What, what is that like? That is nirvana. That is elation times a million. Um, you know, I put in hours and hours, tens of hours, hundreds of hours over these last few months uh, trying to help these guys accomplish their goals. And when they are accomplished, which may not be realized for quite some time, uh, the elation is, and the rush is just huge. Love it. What is the next couple of weeks looking like then for, for Andrew and for other clients that you have? More and more communication, um, trying to pit teams against each other. Um, say, hey, by the way, this team's looking at Andrew. This team's looking at Andrew. Where do you guys sit? Where do you guys sit? Just want to let you know. Um, this team's looking at him. And you try to create a market based off that. And so that's a lot of what I'm doing is kind of doing that kind of business. What do you anticipate will happen for Andrew on draft day? Anything. I've heard, I mean, I was. Um, if there's a picture on me on, on the BYU website that shows me standing among several scouts as Andrew was bench pressing, and a lot of what I'm doing is just having small chat about where, where do you see my guy going where do you see about this I've heard sixth and seventh and I've heard priority free agent and honestly the answer to that is how does the draft shape up there's not a lot of centers that are drafted about five to seven and if a lot of those centers come off the board real quick and teams see a very athletic smart guy that could play a number of different positions you could see Andrew sneak in that could not happen and so that just totally is flip of the coin have to see what happens but I'd say sixth seventh priority free agent I'm not sure if this is a question that you can answer, but have there been any specific teams show significant interest in in Andrew? Uh, I've had calls from about 20 teams. Um, Some teams have been more interested than others. I mean, I think Twitter um, has some pretty accurate reports of some teams that have shown interest. Um, If you go on there, you'll see some teams. I probably won't drop, you know, specific team names, but I've had calls from, you know, about 20 plus teams on Andrew.
Wow. Evan Brennan with this player agent at 360 Sports representing Andrew Idy. How many clients do you have on an annual basis? Uh, we try to take on, at my firm, where we have four agents, you know, we try to take on between 8 and 12. We want a good ratio where guys feel like they're, you know, really getting a lot of focus, a lot of time spent on them. But, you know, we have to make a living, and so we need a few more than one player, obviously, to make it so that we can make money. Uh, but it's that balance between, you know, getting guys in the league but also giving that personal attention. So between 8 and 12 for our firm. What Has, has the movie Jerry Maguire helped or hurt what you do? Uh, <laughs> probably a little bit of both. I mean... <laughs> It's given some exposure, and some of that exposure has been good, and some of that exposure has been negative. I mean, Hollywood always has a unique spin on what we do. Uh, but it's some days it's that awesome kind of Jerry Maguire feeling, and some days it's just grunt work. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a rival agency, Evan? <laughs> There are, there are a lot of those guys. I mean, uh, you ever had to yell "Show me the money" into a cell phone? I, I have not. I have not. No discussions of the Quan. Nothing like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Very good. What's life like for you the day after the NFL draft, or I should say? When your guys are signed, like what, what's the down season for you, if there is one? Uh, June is usually the quietest month for me, but uh, I start talking to scouts again, getting the scouting reports as early as you know, late May, early June. And so there really is no real offseason. I may take a week or two off in June, but uh, I'm right back on the grind, getting my guys ready for OTAs, training camp, and all that uh, in July. What are the rules in terms of how early you can communicate with a potential client? Uh, it depends. There's obviously there's the NFLPA rules. I'm certified by the NFLPA. There's federal law involved in that. There's state law, but then there's individual school rules. And so you you know having a legal background helps you kind of navigate that a little bit, and it kind of varies place to place. Um, as long as you're not providing any, any impermissible benefits, for the most part, it's pretty okay to start chatting with them. I am fascinated by all of this. When somebody signs on with you, what kind of an agreement are they stepping into? Like, is this a lifetime agent thing, or like, how, how does that all work? Uh, so the NFLPA gives us what's called a standard representation agreement. So every, NF, every NFL player signs the same with his agent. Um, there may be some addendum that exists that, uh, you know, if any payment for anything. Uh, but the agreement is kind of at will either way. I could terminate a player whenever I feel like, and vice versa. He can terminate me whenever I like. So pretty standardized. The NFLPA makes it pretty cut and dry. Wow. This was uh, <laughs> very enlightening, my friend. We appreciate you no coming problem. in during your very busy schedule, obviously, to uh, promote Andriotti and, uh, and 360 Sports. And we wish you success and congratulations on everything you've accomplished. Appreciate it, gentlemen. You got it. Evan Brennan, player agent at 360 Sports. Are BYU Sports Nation better than Jerry Maguire? Can we, can we say that? I'll take it. All right. Very good. Very good. Hey, the I mean the the hair and the sit like you he, he looks the part. We do what we do what it can. Hey, you can't see his socks. His socks are sweet. Sock game is high. Sock game is like we got like like polka dots. On. I'm digging it. Yeah. There oh, they there are. There they are. Look at that. There we go. The you, camera will find them. You do what you can with a size 16 foot. <laughs> Holy cow! Holy cow! Coming up on BYU Sports Nation. We're going to try and wrap our heads around the fact that he has a size 16 shoe on. That is crazy. <laughs> also, basketball conference realignment. What does it mean for BYU? BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Hey, welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime anywhere. That's right. In fact, if you missed Evan Brennan, sports agent for Andrew Idy, who was just on the program for 360 Sports, if you missed him talking about Andrew Idy and his NFL draft prospects, you can catch that interview and more on the BYU TV or BYU radio apps. They are free. If it's free, it's for me. Uh, Or you can download the podcast.
If you looked in the dictionary under the term sports agent, <laughs> you would see a picture of Evan Brennan. That, would you not? Yeah, no, no, no. He's, he's, he, first of all, he's great. But yeah, he looks the part. Like, that's what you would think an NFL agent looks like, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. The hair, <laughs> the demeanor, as you said, speaks in perfect sound perfect bites. Perfect sound bites. Perfect <laughs> sound bites. He's great. He's great. You missed it. Download the apps, BYU TV and BYU Radio. Hey, can, we, can, we, can we update the people? On, on No, no, no. Like you, you, somebody sent this to you on Twitter. We were talking about the Indiana Hoosiers mascot. Yes. And, and whether or not Lee Corso would what, – what mascot head he would wear as the head coach at Indiana. I believe it was our social media expert, Asher, from BYU Sports Nation's account, who said, Indiana has tried having a mascot on multiple occasions – but then abandoned the idea in 1979, which just so happens to be the exact year that Indiana beat BYU in the Holiday Bowl. Oh, so close. And there is this attached picture of supposedly a Hoosier guy. I I don't know. Is that what everybody from Indiana looks like? He looks like uh, a mix of of Whiskey Pete and the Demon Deacon (laughs) at at Wake Forest. Seriously. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I can't believe the things we can find on the internet. I love it so much. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines as well. Third-ranked BYU men's volleyball beat Santa Barbara in four. Jake Langlois led the Cougars with 13 kills. Hit 500. He had three aces. BYU in a second match with the Gauchos tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. BYU baseball wins 6-0 over Pacific, led by a grand slam from Bronson Larson in the fifth inning. Larson leads the team with six home runs on the season. The Batcats continue the series against the Tigers tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern, and tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. The Bronx Bomber. Oh, I love it. That's right. I love it so much. 22nd ranked BYU softball in Los Angeles against LMU today at 5 Eastern. The Cougars, 24 wins, 10 losses on the season. They're rolling. And the Masters is underway. And at the Masters, Daniel Summerhays currently 1 over par for the day through 5 and 3 over par for the tournament. Mike Weir is 1 over on the day through 3, 5 over for the tournament. Our Twitter question today, what is your most nostalgic moment as a BYU fan? At Jake R. Kemp says, was at the Beck to Harleen game. Never have I experienced such elation and enjoyed someone else's pain <laughs> that much. Oh, then there's that factor. That not only is it one of the biggest moments for you, it's one of the worst moments for them. Download the podcast if you'd like to hear Jason's most nostalgic moment and my own, both featuring BYU and Utah. Also, did you hear about this? Conference realignment. What? All ears perk up. Yeah, Big 12. What? In college basketball. What? Wichita State, the Shockers, great basketball program, going to the American Athletic Conference, the AAC in hoops. And we're wondering this morning, does it affect BYU in any way that Wichita State would do something like this with the AAC? I think that there are some other factors that would have to fall into place first. One of them, however, though, has been made public, and that's Gonzaga, who has been on the record as at least being interested if a conference comes calling. Now, now that would impact BYU. That would certainly impact, that would impact everybody in the West Coast Conference, but absolutely. Here, here's the thing. BYU does not do things like typically like some others where they're going to go public with a lot of things. Even if there is, this is not something that BYU is going to come out and publicly say, like, like maybe Gonzaga has here. 
And, and this was not any, they mentioned the Big East as a, as a possibility, things like that, that if a conference were interested and came calling, they would at least listen. But yeah, I mean, right now, does this have any effect on BYU? Probably not. No. If there's another domino that falls, mainly the Zags, then, then absolutely I think it affects BYU. Why would Gonzaga leave? You know what? They just proved they could play in the WCC and still go to the national championship game. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is Mark Few, and quite honestly, other coaches in the WCC have been pretty outspoken about the, the bottom tier of the conference and how the, the RPI, that really hurts RPI. But it's getting better. But it is getting better. But if there's an opportunity to significantly increase your RPI top to bottom, I, I would think that that would be something that Gonzaga, and, and who knows, at some point BYU would, would certainly be interested in, I, I have to assume. Where would Gonzaga go? The only step up for them in terms of basketball competition would be like like logistically and realistically would be a step into the Pac-12 because the Mountain West Conference isn't going to boost their RPI more than the West Coast Conference right now. The Pac-12 is not going to do a basketball only. I mean, maybe they go to the Missouri Valley Conference, but who wants to travel from the Midwest to Spokane? Well, I mean, if you're talking Big East and AAC, I mean, you're talking East Coast. Who wants to do that? Yeah, so the options are very limited for a team like Gonzaga. So I don't see it happening, but again, I didn't see Wichita State going to the AAC. That's a great move for them, by the way. That, I mean, that is a step up from the Missouri Valley. That, that's a really nice, that's a nice move for them, and it's also a nice get for the American. And, and where would BYU go? They're a private school in a conference that has religious-based institutions and the West Coast Conference caters to BYU's demands, right? This yeah. is, I mean, so all of this is very interesting, but I, it just doesn't make sense it for, doesn't, it, for BYU to jump ship, go somewhere randomly. Yeah, right? it doesn't seem to have the momentum that we've heard in football. just doesn't. What is your most nostalgic moment as a BYU fan? More of your tweets on the way up. We also play Toss-Up! pick one side or the other. There's no fence sitting, Jason. It's next on BYU Sports Nation. Ever tried to sit on a fence? Ow. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Baseball puts its four-game conference winning streak on the line tonight at Pacific. Cougars and Tigers get underway at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can listen on BYU Radio. Why did we script it as a four-game conference winning streak? Because we can. (laughs) Because we are purposely ignoring the non-conference loss on Monday. Absolutely we are. Hey, just beat the Tigers and win five conference like the games way you're thinking. in a row. Our Twitter question today, what is your most nostalgic moment as a BYU fan at GBM4BYU? Says, sitting in the end zone at the Murph, Jack Murphy Stadium, watching Clay Brown catch the game-winning pass from McMahon in the 1980 Holiday Bowl. To be able to have been in the stadium... And we've talked to people who were there and then left. Oh, can you imagine so horrible leaving for that people. game? But yet yeah, to be able to witness that in person, unbelievable. Hey, uh, speaking of football tweets and feeling nostalgic, hmm. Jason Shepard, what should we do now? Hit it! Countdown to the Vikings. 
One for one. Why do I have to do that solo every time? You won't do it because with me. Jaron won't do it I'm with me. I'm going to be honest with you. The new music has taken some of the fun away from me. You want the old music? I back? like the old because it was, it just fit. It just fit. I sense a poll coming on Monday I, I, about whether or not to bring back the old music or stay with the new music. Yeah, I love the graphic. Visually, I love it. I need the music. It, it was the count- 141. Yeah, it just was, it just fit. I'm getting nostalgic about the old music now. <laughs> it's a tradition. Unlike any other. Yes. Via the blue goggles. Now, that. okay. Yeah, I sense a poll coming next week. All right. I wonder. I wonder what BYU Sports Nation will say. <laughs> the new music or the old music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, it's and not some a poll. People, some people say, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of it. Yeah. The poll question is not about whether to have the countdown or not have a countdown. It's which music to use. The countdown is staying. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. That's going to happen next week. (laughs) That has to happen, right? Give the people the voice. Right now, we have the voice via a segment we like to call Toss Up, okay? And uh, this is something new that we're trying on BYU Sports Nation where two scenarios are thrown out, and we have to pick one or the other, okay? As I mentioned before the break, Jason, no fence-sitting. This is not a question about whether any of us have actually sat on a a fence. fence. Yes, you just got to pick one side or the other. Number one. Toss-up, you get one of the two. Playing around at Augusta or watching BYU in the Final Four. Watching BYU in the Final Four? Come on. BYU's never been there. Like, that's an experience for the entire fan base of BYU. Okay? This, that's creating a nostalgic moment for everybody under the BYU Sports Nation umbrella. Easy for me watching BYU in the Final Four. Yeah, th- this is not hard. And I realize we spent the early part of the show talking about if you get a chance to go to Augusta, you have to take it. With that said, you go see BYU in the Final Four. Not just because it's a Final Four, but because it's BYU in the Final Four. Hands down, it's that one. Number two. You guys are so unselfish. The right answer is playing Augusta. It's all about <laughs> what you can do for me. <laughs> well, we know where Ben stands. Two. If you could relive one moment, speaking of nostalgia, in person as a BYU fan, would it be the BYU win over Miami or the Miracle Bowl? Okay, you go first, Jason. Yeah, I mean, I was just talking about this. It would be the Miracle Bowl. Well, that easy? That easy, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and hey, being able to beat Miami in Provo was huge. The greatest win in BYU football history. Yes, but the the storyline and the comeback – that you had in the Miracle Bowl, that, that's the game. If, you've, if you have an opportunity to actually go back and relive, that's the one you go with. See, that is the most incredible finish for sure. Yes. The most dramatic bowl game comeback victory in history. That's better than the 83 Doug Flutie Hail Mary pass from Boston College to beat Miami. That 80 Miracle Bowl, 20 points in under four minutes, 21 points in under four minutes, it, I don't know that that will ever be matched again at that level of Division I football. However, I want the atmosphere. I want to feel the electricity of that BYU-Miami game at then Cougar Stadium, now Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and watch Ty Detmer write the first significant chapter of his Heisman Trophy campaign. I want to experience that on ESPN. I mean, all of the bright lights, the defending national champions in your house, 
and you beat them. And that team finished ranked third in the country. Speaking of Miami, that was the greatest win in BYU football history. And I want to be a part of that buzz. If I could be in that stadium, I would choose that in a heartbeat. Not because I don't want to see the most incredible comeback ever, but because the atmosphere and the electricity just wasn't there because fans were gone. It, was, it wasn't a game until four minutes left, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a game at the very end. At the very last yeah. moment. So it would be amazing to see that. But for me, BYU-Miami 1990. All right. Number three. Last one, toss-up. Who will end up spending more at the Nike employee store? Spencer, who's on record, what was it, $700 or something? More than that. Or (laughs) Jerem today. Oh, are you kidding me? Do you know us? Do you know Who do you think will spend more money? Uh, I think it would be you. Yeah, and it's not going to be close. What are you saying about Jerem right now? No, I am saying that Jerem is a very calculated spender. Okay. Calculated. Yes. That is a nice word for cheap. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying he's cheap. I'm just saying he's calculated. I think you just called him cheap. I didn't call him cheap. We know, hey, we know he's watching because he called me. Yes, he is watching. So, Jerem, I want you to know that I have defended you once again. In front of so many He defended people. you because he made fun of you before. Yeah, I think you just called him cheap unless he beat your total. Is that a challenge? Is that a you challenge? Just the gauntlet down? Uh, Jeremy will never hear the end of it from uh, his wife, Whitney, if he spends more money than I do. I have got to go up there. You've been up there. He goes up there all the time. I have got to get up to the... I've never been to Portland ever. Hey, we'll get you up there. I, what pushed me over the top? Listen, I, I had to buy... I bought gifts for a lot of people. Was one of those me? It was not. No, You had to have the man freeze. That's hurtful. It's hurtful. I'm sorry. Next time. Hey, how about I just get you into the Nike employee store, Jason? I like it. I like what you're thinking. I'll I'll make up for it. Thank you. I will redeem myself. (laughs) Up next on BYU Sports Nation, two ranked teams have a game day in the Cougar Whip Round. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guest and agent at 360 Sports, Evan Brennan, representing Andrew Eide, BYU offensive lineman. Fascinating stuff. Download the podcast to hear that entire interview about what it's like to be an agent leading up to the NFL draft. Yeah, crazy, crazy time for him as he uh, tries to get uh, his clients' uh, jobs in the NFL. Coming up next week to tend to Sumba for men's track and field. We'll join the program. Looking forward to that. Okay. I sense that we should whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Volleyball. Third ranked BYU men's volleyball beats Santa Barbara in four sets. Jake Langlois leading the Cougars with 13 kills. All he did was hit 500. It's pretty good. And rock three aces. BYU in a second match against the Gauchos of UCSB tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern. Baseball. The Bad Cats won 6 0 last night over Pacific. Led by a grand slam in the fifth inning from catcher Bronson Larson. Larson leads the team with six home runs on the year. BYU continues the series against Pacific tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time. They will also play tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Both games can be heard on BYU Radio. Softball. 22nd-ranked BYU softball plays in Los Angeles against LMU today at 5 Eastern. Cougars 24 wins, only 10 losses on the season. And trying to make it 27 by the end of the weekend. At the Masters. Oh, excuse me. Why jump the gun on that one? Energy, but but yes, quiet. Yes. At the Masters, Daniel Summerhays is currently one over par for the day through six and three over par for the tournament. Mike Weir, 
who lives in Draper. There's two over par for the day and six over for the tournament. Tennis. I love that everybody has to turn up the volume during that part. Like, what are they saying? <laughs> Men's tennis faces St. Mary's today at 2 p.m. Eastern. Beat the Gales. Women's tennis. tennis. Women's tennis travels to California to take on St. Mary's today in conference play 5 p.m. Eastern time. They will play again on Saturday against Pacific at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Track and field. There we go. Competing today and tomorrow at the Sun Angel Classic in Arizona. Rugby. BYU Rugby hosts Colorado State tomorrow 3 p.m. Eastern at Elaman Field. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. I'm giving it to Maverick Buffalo. Yeah. Eight and a third shutout innings to lead BYU baseball in that series opening win against Pacific and extend their conference win streak to four. Make it five today, boys. Hey, you want to you know what makes that performance even more impressive? Is he called it. He told me, he's like, I, I'm, I'm feeling really good about today. And boy, did he come out and prove that. Yes. Eight and a third. It's the most innings he has pitched in a game at BYU. He he was dominant. Does he have the best name of any baseball player at BYU? Maverick Buffo. Although a lot of people, like the opposing broadcasts, will call him uh, Buffo or Buffo. It's Buffo. It's Buffo. The man is buff. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he, he really has worked hard. Yeah. Our Twitter question today, what is your most nostalgic moment as a BYU fan? At BYU Broward, it says, Beck to Harleen, still get boost, goo, boost gumps. <laughs> goosebumps every time I watch it. At MN Cook Pilot, it says, Boise State 2015. I love this tweet. My grandpa's funeral was that morning. Then I was honored to sit in his longtime seat in the West Stands with my little brother for football. That is amazing. Yeah, see, sometimes it's not just necessarily the game, but it's it's the... The experience, maybe with family or things like that, that make it so nostalgic. Great stuff. At Nomad Coog, I woke up all of Camp Cunningham at Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan on the Beck to Harleen catch. Wake up! The Cougars just beat the Utes! (laughs) Our elite tweet of the day. Unrelated to today's Twitter question, but still elite. At Blue Helm, and there is a picture of him standing in front of a glacier and ice <laughs> saying, risking frostbite to show my cougar pride in Antarctica. Wearing a BYU Sports Nation t-shirt. That is awesome. Emery Cook, shout out at Blue Helm. Yeah, find some uh, find some warmth and some shelter. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. Don't those shirts come with built-in heaters or something? They should. <laughs> Download the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jason, I am Spencer. Let's give a shout-out once again to at Blue Helm in Antarctica. That's awesome. 